Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkey. I'm a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about And Just Like That. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder, should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex in the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Folks, it is recording this the day before Thanksgiving. You're probably hearing it like the day before Christmas, but happy holidays. I'm in New York City, nowhere I'd rather be while talking about sex in the city. I'm here celebrating, well, Thanksgiving, obviously. It's also today is my 10-year anniversary of dating Michael. We are not just celebrating our wedding anniversary. We're also celebrating our dating anniversaries. And yeah, 10 years, no big deal. He hasn't figured out my scam just yet. Or left me. He's listening. But anyway, speaking of anniversaries, marriages, what have you, we are talking about a very special episode of Sex and the City. It's season four, episode 12. It's called Just Say Yes. The HBO logline is Miranda makes a surprising decision. Charlotte and Trey reach a turning point in their quest for parenthood. Carrie struggles to answer a very important question. And Samantha takes a spur of the moment trip to get away from it all. In other words, it is the one where Aiden proposes. And. I am not alone here on this Thanksgiving slash Christmas slash holiday. I have a real holiday miracle for you. I have two of them, in fact. The first one got her start with the award-winning blog 20 Nothings. She sold TV projects to ABC, CBS, Warner Brothers, Netflix. Her live storytelling show Sunday Night Sex Talks was featured on The Bachelorette. Her debut novel, The Heirloom, will be released in May 2024 via Putnam Books. She lives physically in Los Angeles, but mentally in Manhattan. Jesse Rosen, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I'm honored to be here. So happy you're here. Wallpaper is gorgeous behind you, by the way. Thank you so much. And may I also brag, I know we have listeners, so I will describe the mug I am holding, (gasps) which is Che not so tenderly covering the mouth of Miranda in a very special scene from end just like that. So (laughs) my God. Carry asleep in the background. Okay, I'm gonna need the entire story behind that mug. I feel like we'll link you'll link it. Oh you'll link it somewhere. But anyway, yes. Thank you for that. Verbal to the visual. Oh my God, as she takes a sip. We're also joined by a returning champion to the podcast. She's the co-host of the excellent show, Add to Cart. She's the creator and showrunner of Bajillion Dollar Properties. She's famously my Samantha, except I will never allow her to move to London on me. Klaup Vlysak. Hi. Hi. Happy to be home. Welcome home. And you're also giving us a beautiful background. Of course, it's Full Christmas behind you. It has been since what? Late July. <laughs> uh, cool only, ups are real Christmas queen, Jess. I'm a real. I'm an early Love Christmaser. It. 
July is when, you know, I was scheming. I am, you know, it, I'm, it's always Christmas inside of me. I'm, I'm celebrating. We need it. Celebration now as a person. Thank you, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jesse, what is the origin story of that Che cup? And is it for <laughs> sale? Is that, should that be our merch? I need it. We'll find it. We will link it for the listeners. The origin is a birthday gift from a friend who knows just how much I hate that scene. <laughs> Uh, Which is a little reveal. We're not we're not here to talk about all things and just like that because we're dipping back into the original today. But um, yeah, that was a tough one, and so now I get to look at it every day. I was like, wow. I mean, we can touch on it a little bit. Do you want to say a sure. little bit about why you hate that scene? I mean, sure. touch on it you know, like Jay touched on Miranda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll touch and touch and touch. Yeah, you know, I it is it was the sex that I was waiting for in. The reboot or the reimagining. Uh-huh. So that was great. I wanted something a little racier than what we were getting in the beginning, but I don't know. And this is a struggle more broadly. Like that's not my Miranda. Mm. You know, it's a different, it's a different Miranda. And I am here for the evolution, but I think it was jarring to see that yep. experience and, and the carry of it all. At the same time, I do. I welcome the change. Hey, this is, we're in a different world. It is not Sex in the City, the reboot. It is a different show entirely. It is. You're not the first person to say that is not my Miranda. You know, that seems to be a common, <laughs> a common a theme. And yeah, I, I stand by that. I think we are about to get a return to form from Miranda in season oh, three of sure. Just Like That. Now she's fully like living her gay truth. She's dating women. She's got a great job again. She's got like, a tattoo. Yeah. I think that yeah. she's a, that she's going to be the sort of, you know, cynical Miranda that we know and love just so happens that she's dating women. Yes. Now that she's gotten over the Che, yeah. period. Yeah, and that cynical Miranda. And I, I feel like she's so peak our original Miranda in the episode that we will discuss today. Before we get into it, you know, as I mentioned, Jesse, you're mentally in Manhattan. I'm physically in Manhattan. I do want to take a quick poll, both of you, if you could weigh in on this. There's an ongoing thing when we come to New York we're in the West Village. You're going to run into Sarah Jessica Parker if you're walking around the West Village. It's just simply a rite of passage. And it's happened to each of to me a couple times, my husband Michael a couple times. The ongoing, she famously wears her giant headphone, the cans. That's a way of kind of letting everybody know I don't really want to talk to you. Definitely don't want to take a selfie with you. I respect that. Now, I do feel like, and I'm never one to approach a celeb, but I feel like... <laughs> The fact that I have made talking about her show my job, the fact that I've had Michael Patrick on twice, that I know Andy a tiny bit, I'm like, I'm not just a random psycho fan. I am that, but I'm also other things. Like, all of this to say, there is this ongoing conversation in our house where I'm like, I think at some point when I pass her on the street, inevitably, I might say, hey, love to introduce myself. Cool ups. Left, left the room. But anyway, Michael is like absolutely not on no planet. Can you do this? She doesn't want it. So last, he when he saw her on the corner the other day, he was like, we made eye contact, and what she was saying with her eyes was, please don't talk to me. Please don't say anything to me. And of course, and he wouldn't. He he wouldn't have anyway. But he was like, that's the energy she's giving. Why would you not respect that? And I'm like, I would thousand percent with literally anyone else. It just feels like we have something special and I want to, I feel like she deserves to know I'm wrong. I feel like you have a bigger chance to meet her in a bigger, more personal, more direct, Mm. professional way. Like I feel Ah, like don't blow your chance if it's going to come 
I think it's coming at a cocktail party. It's coming by via introduction by someone that you know. I don't think you're going to have to do the whole lead up of like, this is me and yeah, yeah, a yeah, podcast yeah. and blah, 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 because I think a better, a better moment. Oh, I great. hope you're right. I, yes. I met McConkie. I have this podcast. I also really want Kim Cattrall to come back. And I talk about that all the time. And so. <laughs> and she's I mean, blocked are, me. I think she's blocked you. To think like about. we have a lot of things we can connect on, <laughs> but. I, I don't deny it. I don't want you to, to ruin what could be something magical in your future. Think about Dan Clay. He waited Wait, it out. Dan Clay. What's that story? He oh, Harry oh, drag oh, of shot. course. Oh. And he finally got to... And he... Right, and then it came. Right. Yeah, maybe my moment will come. I yeah. love that Jesse thinks I live in a world where I'm running into SJP at cocktail parties. <laughs> no, you are one Kevin Bacon away, as you yourself say. You right. are so close. I mean, I am... Wow, that's a different perspective. And I think... I, I like what Jesse... I like That's Jesse's a very thinking. smart way of being like, don't do it, you psychopath. Like, stand down. Did I tenderly offer that advice? Very God, wisely. That was, it was honestly genius, king level. <laughs> because it, it, it works on his exactly. ego, Jesse. That's what was That's so what brilliant I about what you did. Oh, I go to therapy. You know how this works. That's what. That's really all this was. Is like, I want her to know that I'm I'm special. I want to feel like I'm chosen by her, and like you've managed to make me feel that way without ever having to get the restraining order. You know. Wow. So, Koo, it's you. been a while since you 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 graced us, and obviously before we were knee deep in and just like that, we were you know getting fingered by Che in the kitchen, and now how does it feel to be? traveling back in time with our girls. I think especially since so fresh in my mind is is the Aiden reunion and them coming together. Me too. The Aiden and Carrie reunion and just like that and just just to go back to that moment mm. and know where we're going, I thought was really, I felt was like that, I mean, all of the relationships, uh, uh, even, you know, Miranda and Steve and all of like where we, where yeah. we were and where we're, we're going to be, I thought was so like interesting. It is. It is. And so historical, yeah, really. We were watching historical documentaries Important. as far as I'm, this is the history channel for me, going back to watching these. And Jesse, Yes. What is your completely overall relationship to the source? I mean, you have a Che cup. Obviously, it's very meaningful to you. And I got to imagine you're a self-identified Carrie. Oh, what an honor. You have repaid me for my earlier therapizing of your <laughs> situation. What an honor. Don't we all want to be a Carrie? And I think, sure, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that. Oh, Sex and the City changed my whole life. I was raised in a environment where we didn't talk about these things. I wasn't allowed to watch it, even though it came out when I was of age where I would have been fine for me to watch it. And it was something I was gifted by my college roommates. It became the first and only time I ever felt comfortable talking about sex with people. I then started a conversation group called Sunday Night Sex Talks, which became the storytelling show that wow. I did years later. And none of that. I mean, I didn't have female friendships that looked anything like what these women were doing until this show. It gave me permission, uh, it, everything. So I feel, I do feel this kind of outsized or oversized relationship with the show because I had a late sexual awakening and I don't know if it would have happened if this show hadn't been introduced at a time when I was like just wow. ready to finally talk about it. So 
was huge for me. Wow. So that's mm-hmm. like, it's your origin story right there. Yeah. I love it. And I also, I still think that the topics, this was another oh, yeah. good one. They're so relevant. Yes. They're so simple. When do you know that it's right? When do you know to say yes? I mean, fast forward and not meant to be a segue or a plug, but like I wrote a whole novel about that because it's a question that's plagued me my entire life, starting with this episode of like, how my God, how do you know? Especially if you're inclined to be an independent woman like everyone but Charlotte. And so why did you choose this episode? I chose it because it had been so front of mind as I was working on the book that would ultimately be called The Heirloom. And that book is about a vintage engagement ring. And my character Mm -hmm. is superstitious about the fact that it might hold bad karma. But that's just an excuse to say I'm afraid and I don't know when it's really yes. And I felt the same way about Carrie getting that bad ring from Aiden and using it as an excuse to say, does he know me? If he doesn't pick the right ring, is he the right man? All these things that I think are correct reactions to one of the biggest yeses of your life if you decide to say yes. You know, and I independence forever, but marriage is a huge question. And if you say yes, you are making a huge life-altering decision. It's really interesting to think about this episode as like a sliding doors moment for Carrie, where if a couple of different things had gone differently, our my, my entire life would have gone on a different on a different path, you know? Let's start at the beginning. I mean, we open, you know, Carrie's coming home and she's announcing to Aiden that her building's going co-op. She has to move. This begins what becomes this epic saga of like, can Carrie buy her apartment? Should she buy it? Can she afford it? Can she Aiden's relationship to the apartment? It's something that she's literally still grappling with to this day on and just like that. And then, you know, she finds the engagement ring. She barfs in the sink, which always bodes well for a relationship. So where are you both with Aiden? Kulap, what's your overall vibration when it comes to Aiden? <laughs> I mean, he's such a goof. Like, he's such a goof. I really enjoyed him yeah. singing in the shower. I'm like, oh, this dude's just like a silly Billy. <laughs> like, it's, you know, he's, it's so unusual. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very big. Very big. And he's very, he's really sweet. But he, but I, they do such a good job of showing, like, just the difference yes. between her, her, him and Big and like the banter her and Big have. Like yeah. the, it's, their relationship is sex, but it's just the they have this banter, as the English would describe, <laughs> like that. And he's a little, yeah. he's so dependable and he's so. And yet. He's so like the right choice. And I get why. Yeah. And yet. And yet. Well, Jesse, you mentioned the ring and it's so, I mean, obviously the ring, we'll get, we'll get to the, the actual ring she gets later, but the first ring in this conversation she has, it's so burned in my memory, the, the moment that she breaks the news to the girls, like, I found the ring and the ring is not good. This conversation she has with the girls is so ingrained in my memory, like the moment that she's like, and the ring is not good. Because then she describes it and it's a pear-shaped diamond with a gold band, which even to this day, I'm like... That doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, I struggled with the ring being not something she would like because I did think it was unique. I thought it had a vintage feel. Oh, yeah. I do not love that she refers to the jewelry she often wears as ghetto gold. I don't think that would hold up today. Sure, exactly. But you wear gold. Your Carrie necklace is gold. How dare you? Yeah. And I liked I liked that the ring was unique. But hey, it's not what she was expecting. It was a reveal to me that she wanted something Charlotte classic. I couldn't believe that. So I was kind of surprised that that didn't come up, but God, that scene mm. in that diner, that is pop, pop, pop. It is, that is yes. peak 
if I may say, fourth season, Sex in the City. Talk about banter. I mean, the chemistry of those four women. When Charlotte, when Miranda yells at Charlotte and she's like, are you yeah. going to yell at me and for seven months until I have this baby? You know, Charlotte's like, at least you're pregnant. Yeah. And that, that lost fire. Oh, yeah. It is chef's kiss. And Samantha saying, don't marry. It's just, oh, man, I miss it so much. And it felt. Yeah. It just felt so real, you know, yeah. and Carrie's reaction and her getting to voice that and feeling safe to say it and then not offended really by the is. various reactions of her female friends. That is the dream. It's the dream to have those those three women in your life where you can be hearing things that would otherwise be offensive, but you know they're coming from these people that, that love you so much. Oh my God, and the Miranda in the ring. We'll get there. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, and I was also, I mean, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this this ring thing. The idea that she only, uh, yeah, the ghetto gold comment is not good, but the idea that she doesn't wear gold normally or that like gold wasn't considered chic. Was that a thing in this, in the like early aughts? Yeah. Yeah. Yellow gold was like, even in like fixtures in the house, like that was seen as gauche things like they, people wanted platinum. It's not even silver. It's platinum. Yeah. So there was a time. I think it was an gold. expense thing too. Yeah. Don't you think it was like platinum has the expense to yeah. it? White gold is a little bit less of a firm metal, all that stuff. I think it's a, a bit of a stature thing. Too. Well, but to Jesse's point, well, when she's talking about <laughs> with her book Heirloom, which is going to be out in 2024, is that... Love it. <laughs> is, yeah. that, Perfect. is that it? it's never about the thing. It's never about the thing. That's no. what this this whole episode was. It wasn't... It's not about the thing. It's about... It's what no. it represents. And you don't have an iconic vomit... <laughs> just because of a, you know cut a diamond cut although didn't i feel like pear shaped diamonds didn't that like because of the show like everyone had this attitude that it was like a horrible gauche thing all right it was like merlot and sideways yes yeah hey question for you do you like to eat do you like to save money do you like flexibility and ease well then i couldn't help but wonder have you ever heard of Factor? Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They make eating better every day easy. These are two-minute meals, restaurant-quality food. It's ready to heat and eat whenever you are. And right now, if you go to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50, you're going to get 50% off. I'm talking snacks. I'm talking smoothies. I'm talking breakfast, midday bites, and more. And by the way, they've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule, as much or as little as you need. You can choose six to 18 meals per week. You can pause, reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals, 100% ready to eat and eat. Head over to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50 to get 50% off. That's code LikeMat50 at factormeals.com slash LikeMat50 to get 50% off. Oh. Many of you will recall in the classic film Sex and the City part, duh, that's right, talking about the sequel. Our beloved Samantha is going through menopause. She has a whole bunch of hormones she's taken. They all get confiscated at the airport. So then they're on their trip. She's uh, eating a bunch of hummus because she thinks it's going to alleviate the symptoms. Well, if only Samantha had access to this week's sponsor, Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. 
It's become a phenomenon. Women are talking about this nonstop on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. And right now you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com when you use promo code like Matt. Now, Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony. They're dedicated to making women's lives easier. That means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code LIKEMAT at checkout. That's H-A-P-P-M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com promo code like Matt for 15% off your first order. Oh, it was like Merlot. Ah! Correct, Matt. It was Merlot and sideways. Wait, but can I take a quick poll and ask, have either of you ever been so overcome no. with, I don't know, I guess upset that you have thrown up? No. I was like, Carrie, Carrie. And that was projectile. And you know, you know that- <laughs> Yeah. And she later, you know, she later has the incident with the panic attack in the wedding dresses. So this is not maybe maybe I'm being insensitive to her physical sensitivities. Yeah, you're right. She is having a lot of physical reactions to Aiden. God bless him. But speaking of, I'll tell you, I mean, whether or not the ring is bad, I'll tell you what's definitely bad is, (laughs) okay, the scene where they go out to dinner and she's really expecting the proposal, what Aiden is wearing, like there's been so much racket over the jacket that, sorry for the rhyme, but the jacket <laughs> that Aiden wore in it just like that, we know the one. The military sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that strange Epilets. toy, toy Epilets, soldier yes, thing. Yes, In a band, a marching and, band. But in this mm-hmm. scene, he's wearing a brown suede blazer with a, more of a billowy fit over a white button down with what looks to be like a like a floral like um, applique. Like, uh, like, God bless him. The man cannot dress for the life of him. Oh, it's pure Shakespeare and company. <laughs> no. And she, meanwhile, is wearing, I think, one of the more iconic looks of the entire series, which is that black strapless Celine, dropping yes. the brand names, diamond studded dress. I mean, it's it comes up time and again as because she thinks she's getting engaged, which is, you know, what is he doing? Right. And- yeah, Kulap mentioned when you know when we see Big later on, there is such a contrast. And I mean, I've talked a lot of shit about Big, but it is like such a relief when you finally see him and just like the ease. They I have mean, damn it, if they I don't know. have chemistry. Yeah, and it's toxic as he. It's like, it's he like wow, made. this casting, the casting of the show is just so incredible. Like, how do you, how do you find that? <laughs> like, the, what they have, like, what those, yeah. what those two actors created together. It's like. You go, that's why she's with Big. Like, that that was my thing. It's like, that's why she didn't yeah. with Big. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of the casting directors. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, yeah. like, it's lightning in a bottle. It's so different. She gets in that limo and you're just like, your skin, like, I always get like a little tingly when there's a surprise big moment. And I'm embarrassed to say I had forgotten it happened in this episode. So when the car pulls over, of course, I, I know it's him. And I, I, you, I have a reaction to it. And I am Team Same. Aiden. So I'm Me saying too. that with this, yeah. it's, it's very complicated. You know, I married an Aiden and I love him and stand well by that. And it was the right decision. But it's like, so we well. are watching her have these physical reactions. So it's like, no matter like, that's what I mean of like, he's the right choice, but she clearly on a biological <laughs> her bodily level is like, 
you know, no, no. Like it, it only goes yeah. so far. Big is right. Big Ooh. says you're not the marrying kind. What that, I I had forgotten that he said that, of course, and I had forgotten that that made me mad. I don't know. What's it that bring up with you guys? Yeah, I, I made me mad too at the time, but now I'm thinking all through about all this through the lens of and just like that when Big dies and Aiden comes back and she and Carrie literally says was big a big mistake like now Aiden is endgame yeah. for her they they can't be together right now but they're going to end up together eventually and it's almost like she's looking back at this moment that we're looking back on right yes. now and questioning yes. all of those moves like the way that she reacted to the proposal yeah. the way that she kind of let big get under her skin the way he always can do but ultimately like I don't think big's wrong cuz I don't think their marriage was meant to last. And I don't think she needs to marry Aiden. No. I think we all say it's like she is at her best when she's single and she's seeking and she's a little more like autonomous, you know, um, and looking for love. So on our behalf, you know, exploring those questions for us, doing the work for the rest of us. Yeah. So meanwhile, Charlotte is doing some work of her own. She's getting hormone injections. She's trying to get pregnant. This is the beginning of another epic saga, which is Charlotte's long journey to becoming a mom. And it's so moving all of it. I mean, Charlotte's determination to have a family no matter what it looks like, you know, the the fact that she seems like someone who is so concerned with like sort of this traditional perfect wasp exterior. But when it comes down to it, like those are not her values. She's like, I'll adopt a baby. I'll try IVF. I'll, I'll do it. You know, later I'll convert to Judaism for my, like she's, I, I just love her so much. I don't know. I do too. I've come, I've come to really, I didn't before and I've come to just really, I just love her so much. I love her loyalty. I love her fire. I mean, like she, her yelling, yelling at him at the Scottish, what was the guy's called? The flip. Oh yeah. The, the Highland Fling. The Highland Fling. He deserved mm. every one of those words. You know what I mean? Like, he deserved Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I've just really come around on her. <laughs> and it took for it just yeah. like that, to be honest, to come around on her. Yeah, because you see the consistency. I mean, when she yells at him in that scene where she's like, at the end, I am doing everything. I am taking this on. I am doing these things. That is the same rant she gave to Harry after she goes back to work at the gallery and she is like, I cannot be watching these teenage children and doing this work. And I was like, how many times does this woman have to stand up for herself? I felt like it was, oh man, and with Bunny, do you want a shortbread? And she's oh like, my God. no. And I do think this is when she, I, I can't remember, right? Because I didn't watch, I didn't rewatch the episode directly prior to this. I feel like this is a huge turning moment for Charlotte standing up to herself. Yeah. And I feel like you oh, know, yeah. the, the, the title of Ep is just say yes. And I think there's a bunch of those themes for all of the women in terms of like Charlotte is saying no to a lot of things mm-hmm. that have been honor, you know, she's been honoring and she's saying yes to herself and what she wants. Even though I really wish she could have not used the terminology to describe the origin of the baby she was going to adopt because I don't think that would hold up to this day. But mm. one of the many things that might might not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bunny coming, letting us know that she doesn't yeah. like to eat mandarin food, much less a mandarin. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> like- Bunny, one of the all-time great demonic <laughs> villains. Just a real racist monster. Yeah. yeah, but I love it. Currently burning in hell with alongside Mr. Big. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned, Jesse, this, like the, the, you know, the ongoing tension between Charlotte and Miranda where, like, of course – 
the one who wants a baby so badly is struggling to have one. The one who didn't really want one is suddenly pregnant. And now she's vomit. also too vomit. Much. a lot of vomit yeah. in this episode. Yeah, two times is <laughs> plenty for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ku, I mean, we, we can cut this out if you don't no, want to talk about we it. Can. But you've been so open about your, you know, your own journey to motherhood. And obviously it ended very well since you ended up having the the world's cutest baby and that's that's actually scientifically proven that's not a it's not up for debate (laughs) but that you know i nine years later so what she's talking about i can completely relate to those shots are no joke you know and a lot of women do those shots without a partner and when he doesn't want to give her that shot and you have to take them the same time every day it's such a that is it's um yeah, that's why she walks away. And she, and when he asked her, "Are you all right?" She goes, "I don't know," because it's so. Yeah, you know, it's uh, betrayal. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's and yeah. so telling, and so you can't, you can't really. There's not really any daylight between what's happening there, like what all of all of that's ha- that has happened um, in that episode. Once he won't do that to me was even more so than the words. Yeah, totally agree. Because that's not even that's about a, a girl about adopting the girl. You know what I mean? It's like them having kids, mm-hmm. like that, like all it. Like he doesn't want a family. Like that's it's too hard for him. You know, it's too much for him. He's just been a dick at every turn. Which yeah, yeah. but that's got to be the first time we ever saw a man give a woman fertility related shots. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, yeah, what the context was, because I was like, even the conversation, forget actually seeing the shots, seeing what that looks like. You know, there are little bruises on her little patootie from having gotten the shots. That is real. I just, you know, when I was watching that now, thinking about all the women I know that have been through that since this episode aired, I was really taken by that. I thought that was so important. Yeah, it's amazing. We take I take that for granted as something that's just Same. in the conversation. It's just been such a, so so part of my life, and that like that there was a time when this was actually like a, a new idea to so many people and surprising to so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as so many of the things that happened in this episode, right? Like Miranda's conversation with Steve, which I'm sure we'll get to, and you know, that's yeah. You could pick an episode. There's something in it that we probably haven't, you know, uncharted territory, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Steve shows up at Miranda's door <laughs> after, you know, she has told him that she's pregnant and is just sort of casually informing him in, in a way that I, I, strikes me as pretty responsible. It's like, you don't totally. have to do anything. I just want to let you know you're welcome to be like involved, but I'm taking care of everything. And then, you know, he shows up down on one knee using Carrie's perfect ring that I guess Talk he now has gotten good. made in, knowing this that Miranda's one who picked it out. Which I didn't clock, by the way. I didn't clock it. I, I was like, until she called it out, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, give us that callback. I mean, that is mwah, writing. We love it. Oh, we yeah. And there's a part of us that are the title of the episode, as you mentioned, just say yes, that we're, we're kind of shouting to Miranda, just say yes, you know, and of course, eventually she will, but like now is not. Now's not the, the time for yeah. that. But I love that Steve is, what a role reversal, right? Steve is the man and he is coming to say, we're having a baby. We get married. I'm from Queens. Uh, this is what happens. And it's the woman that is like, we don't need to get married. What are you talking about? I can afford this baby completely. You don't have to be involved at all. It's just like 
wild that that yeah. is that is the conversation. But I also I like that they wanted to put that kind of like older school voice in there for Miranda to bounce against, right? It's like a different version of Charlotte. Yeah. And Steve yeah. kind of always yeah, was absolutely. that. Yeah, I like too when she was like, "You're not in love with me," and he's like, "No," and even less yeah. now. And I'm like, "That that's fun, <laughs> <laughs> and that's honest, and that's yeah. real." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of that, like when first of all, when she tells him at the what is it like a frozen yogurt cart or an ice cream cart, and then when he comes and proposes, is true comedy. Like put in a laugh track, and it works just as well. It is funny, and there are beats that are just jokes that are really funny. And I, I had forgotten just how you know kind of poppy and funny and sitcommy this show could be. But I think in in the absolute best, more modern way. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, I'm not in love with you. That that still stings me a bit to hear because I'm like, it's the same way as when if I, I watched an old episode of Friends and Ross and Rachel are in a period where they're off and they're openly like, yeah, I don't want to be with you. And it's like, what are you talking about? How dare you? But you have, I mean, to keep them apart and to keep the tension yeah. of the will they won't they, we do have to have periods where they're genuinely like, yeah, I don't want to be with you. But the, the mm, part of me that yeah. loves Steve yeah. is like, I agree. Why, you're lying. I agree with that. You like, are a liar. Steve. You know? It's hard to think about Steve now. I know. Yeah. Well, with his lack of hearing and so bad for Steve. dissolved marriage. Yeah, it's tough. And that's, that's, Miranda did what was correct for Miranda as her story goes on. You know, Absolutely. I can still grieve with, with my Steve. She, yeah, but I don't think she did it the right way, which is like she, which is, of course, of course, that's what we want our characters to have agency and to make fuck up. But she did, she she did, did him dirty. dirty. She did him dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Samantha. So yeah. we meet mm-hmm. Richard Wright in this episode. He's this ho- hotel magnate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, of like one of her big loves in so much as Samantha has him. And like, yes. but there are so many repugnant men in Sex and City that my God, does Richard take the cake? Like, I, I find it so hard to believe that people were ever watching this and being like, hmm, <laughs> he's hot. Were they? Jesse, I mean, was anyone? I don't know. <laughs> no. No, and what's that Oprah? I feel like Oprah always says, like, people tell you who they are. Yes. Like, people, and, and like, right in that very first scene, he says something that's just like, exactly. this is who this man is. Do not go down this path. But Yeah, he says, if you got a life, you don't need a wife. He had, he had yes. a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like a little rhyme for a guy like Richard, but that's fine. I love the introduction of him just because also I thought it was very funny. This episode made me laugh a lot. And I was curious too, like what, when you see how smarmy he is in the beginning and then you know where yeah. you're going, I think a lot of people have this fixation on the idea of being able to be the one that changes him. Yeah. And I don't really think that was ever Samantha, but I think that's a lot of viewers. I think those, that was offered to the viewers. That scene was so great, too. It was like he's ragging Hunter. And like it just at the end of that scene, you just like yeah. Sam is good at her job. Like he tries. He tries to get at her. And she's like, boom, 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 boom. And all I can do is like give her respect. Yeah. And he he doesn't want to, but he must. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Do you all remember that episode where Samantha does a like an unfortunate facial laser treatment and she ends up looking real, real red. She's like, oh, my skin. (sighs) Perfect impression, by the way. Um, Well, I have been there because I'm a retinol user. And as I'm sure you know, retinol has its upsides, but it also can cause redness and irritation. So I'm always looking for a skincare routine that's going to help me combat that redness and that irritation and do everything else. And I have finally found it 
with OneSkin. OneSkin is here to help you simplify your skincare regimen. OneSkin proves you don't need a complicated routine to achieve better skin. Their topical supplements make it easy to help your skin stay younger and healthier without all the extra steps. And OneSkin is more than skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. If you get started today, you get 15% off using code LIKEMAT at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code LIKEMAT. And after you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Let them know that you heard about them right here on Just Like Matt. It's time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in the health of your skin with OneSkin. Were you surprised? No, I was just going to say, were you surprised that she told him about, she has this like shockingly vulnerable moment with him where she's like, my friend is getting engaged and I'm sad about it. And not only is that vulnerable to say to a man, but that's kind of vulnerable for Samantha to say to anyone. So Mm -hmm. to me, that kind of was like their little wink, the wink of the show to us to say like, there's something between these two. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Share something kind of big with him. So I I liked that. I thought that was good. That was a good window into what was to come. I think it's because (laughs) you look, if you know, I am a Sam. It, you look at that guy and you go, this man's not going to hurt me. You know, later on, we, we don't know what's going to happen. But he just seems like it's this he's this like creature. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, so you can literally a creature. He's a fucking reptilian <laughs> little monster. Literally. Yeah, he's a creature. And it's like, you know, it's it's yeah. small talk. It's not somebody, you know, when you there's there's no yeah. me being in her shoes. There's kind of no danger there because I don't take him seriously. So I can it's say easy to tell a stranger. Yeah, exactly. Kind of and it's I kind of don't put him in a category of someone who could hurt me or I need to, you know, I I think I've, yeah. I figured this guy out. I just told him I did a good job. I'm like, well, here, this is what it is. It's almost safe to me. Yeah, yeah. God, and what it is is not my friend's getting married and I'm bummed because I'm alone. It's my friend's getting married and I'm bummed because I'm not going to get married. And that sucks. I, that's, again, like the yes, idea that the exactly. narrative would so typically be she's getting there before me. Right. It's just like, ah, oh, bless Samantha. I love that character and so much. I love it. And, and just she keeps it. It's I mean, just so oh, good. The whole episode, she keeps it. What's a better reaction to I'm engaged than fuck I you? Know. It's so good. <laughs> it's that last scene, it makes it makes me it makes my heart just break because that relationship is so good. It's such a good relationship. Yeah, and like we forget, we we rem- we always remember how you know horny and hilarious Samantha is, but like the reminder of the beauty of their friendship and and how nurturing she is with Carrie in particular. Like I could cry right now. It's, it's very it's hard not to perfect. watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. That is when I get teared up. Yeah. Watching that part of the yes. episode. When Carrie got engaged, I was kind of like, that was lovely. What a, what a sweet little moment. When Carrie goes and tells Samantha and shows her the ring and we learn that Samantha fixed it. it. Of course, Samantha fixed the ring. That's when that's, I, when that's I but that's fucking true love right there. Like that is like, oh yeah. my god, she's so loyal. She's so like you know because she is a softie inside. Like yeah, yeah, which is why it's so hard. The the real life dynamic of the relationship is so hard. And I was I, I was thinking about another equal feud that we've kind of experienced as fans or, you know, viewers of a show that like equals this. And I know that we're very inside this in terms of our love for the characters and our feelings about it. But I do think the situation is unique in terms of this dynamic and then what happened in the between and then the bringing it back and then still keeping the character. It's, it fascinates me from a like creators and writer standpoint. Yeah. I I mean, 
again, if and when I do talk to SJP, I think I can fix this in one conversation. But until then... Ooh, what is it? Give it to me. Well, I, you know... That's not true. I think I do have to have a conversation with Kim. I'm even further removed from her now that, you know, she's she's blocked me on all platforms. But two sessions. Yeah. Because I think that with Kim, it really is about thinking about literally what's happening in the world right now. <laughs> War, climate mm. change, like the, we are we are all going to be gone real soon. And ah. the planet is burning. And is this how you want to go out? Is this how you want to go out? And also, we all must do our part. And you literally have a part. You have a role. And it yes. it ain't on like, I don't know, like these other shows she's done, like we know what the role is. We know the one thing that you can do to uplift society and our spirits and to help heal our collective wounds. And that is make- Be the change. You're asking her off. To, serve. Change. to serve. Exactly. That's exactly right. Oh. And I think for you, Matt, if I could, I think the Kim conversation happens first Mm -hmm. because then you bring Uh, it to Sarah mm. and you say, I have some information. And actually, maybe that's a good segue. Okay. This is great. This is actually great therapy. Maybe actually, I I invite you to speak to her on the street if you've spoken to Kim and have information to offer SJP on the street. And I think that would... I'm going to be like, make the gesture to remove those, please. Take those headphones off. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know you don't. You don't. You think you don't know me, but trust me, you do. Yeah, take the cans off. I've done some work. Yeah, and I think she'd 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 be grateful that somebody was able to do that. I can't Uh, wait. Right to broker in such a way to broker peace. I mean, we're running out of time. You know, that's the real reason I came. Maybe in advance of season three, it was not to see family or celebrate my anniversary. It's to be the. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Does she live in New York? I don't know. Okay, let's leave on this note because uh, obviously the episode's all about proposals. Carrie's freaking out. And then when Aiden actually finally does do the proposal and they're walking the dog, I, I for one, love the way that he does it. And and it make it feels right that she says, yes, she did get the perfect ring. But I'm wondering if you, who are both happily married, would grace us with your own proposal stories. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, if I defer to you. Okay. Um, Scott and I had been together, I believe, for, I want to say seven or eight years. And I, we started dating when I was very young. So around, you know, when I turned 27, 28, I was like, I want to get married now. And it couldn't happen fast enough. And I would drop all these like hints. And, and if it's, they're, I guess they're not really hints if you just say them loudly. Right. Those are just <laughs> statements. Mm-hmm. And very clearly. Disagree. Yeah. They're just state. Oh, okay. Disagree. Okay. Yeah. So, I, okay. But, okay. Sure. Let me amend. So I was dropping statements and uh, declarations. <laughs> And we went up to, we were going up to Vancouver for this, like the inaugural Vancouver Comedy Fest. And I want want to truncate the story, but Scott, for whatever reason, never had a passport, dragged his feet getting one. And when we arrived to the airport, of course, they did not let him get on a plane. So I went on a plane with a bunch of comedians, including Paul Tompkins and Bob Odenkirk, and he got on a Prius and had to drive through the border. And so he got in way later. He was stopped at the border. The comedy festival said to like instructed him to say that he was just there for fun. He said that the the border agent was like, really, aren't you Scott Ackerman who's here for this comedy festival and swung the (laughs) 
And I know you. Yeah, and while that's going on, I'm somehow Bob Odenkirk on our shuttle to the airport was like, let's all go to Stanley Park. And everyone was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then I was the only one that ended up going with Bob. <laughs> and I had known Bob since I was a young woman, but this was an awkward sort of pairing. <laughs> and he's like, obviously a legend and somebody <laughs> that I really like look up to. And so somehow it was me and him riding bikes around Stanley Park and then walking back to our hotel and like talking about life, talking about marriage. We had lunch and he, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, feel like I'm finally getting, coming into my own. And he says, oh yeah, before like, I see you like, you know, now I see you as a person. And before you were just like this girl Scott was dating. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, thank you, Bob. Like, huh, huh. And he's like, wow, you want to do, you want to <laughs> split the mac and cheese? Cut to that night. Scott is finally here. We go on, we have a sunset cruise. and. We're having a nice dinner. And during that dinner, I was like doing so many horrible bits. <laughs> like, oh my God, my finger. It's so light. <laughs> like, it's so light. I'm like, oh, it's cold. It's like, it sucks that I can't ask you to marry me. Like, really just being a shithead. Completely not understanding what was happening. And then before dessert, he was like, oh, let's go upstairs. Uh, it's really nice. You know, we're on this boat. <laughs> And let's go look up the boat. And I was like, oh, okay, great. You know, oh, yeah, it's so pretty. And then we're sitting here looking out at the stars. And then his voice starts to change as he's talking to me. And he was like, mm. he started to say like, oh, you know, I just think you're the person oh. I want to have kids with. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I turn and look. And he has a ring. And he asked me to marry him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm Sorry. <laughs> and he puts the ring and he took a bit of photo of me going, I <laughs> totally. And, Please share a photo. Yeah, and like in my conversation wow. with Bob and him talking about marriage, he was like, Yeah, I don't know. You know, if we didn't have kids, I don't know what's the point of marrying and like just all these things. And then when I saw him afterwards, <laughs> we saw went to a party and I was like, We're engaged. He's like, Congrats. <laughs> also, oops. <laughs> could have cut the Bob Odenkirk part, but it's so... <laughs> I disagree. It grounds us. I, I It's so important, and it reminded me of a Bob story I want to tell, but I, I, I want to hear your proposal story, Jesse, <laughs> and then I'll, I have to Bob anecdote to share. My proposal story also features me being a big bitch, <laughs> which is... <laughs> With with a little less, fewer bits, but you know, it was going to be our dating anniversary. I can't remember how many years, like let's say four years. And I had always dreamed of getting married, getting married, getting engaged in New York because it is where I mentally reside forever and ever. Amen. And we had a trip mm. planned there already. And it was on the weekend of our anniversary. And so I was like, any man worth my hand will put these, sure. connect these dots and propose to me on this trip. Except that literal a week before, if not days before, Robbie, my now husband was like, hey, you know, I'm, I, we've had some conversations about our future. And so I hope it's okay to say that if there's anything you were thinking, like you'd maybe want in a ring, you know, you could, you feel free to share that with me. And I'm like, he doesn't, this vacation is days away. He doesn't have the ring. Like, it's not happening. And I was livid yeah. about it. And he had planned like some cute little thing to happen. We were going to stroll by where we first went on our date as part of this little weekend. But like, 
the weekend was jam-packed. There was, and I had very specifically noted this, no time to get engaged. So even if he was kind of like, nah, I have a ring and I'm like, you know, kind of playing a joke here. Um, there wasn't any time to get engaged. Everything was too scheduled. And so we went on this like little walk meant to celebrate our anniversary in this place, the High Line, which is where I had taken him after we met on an early date in New York City. And I'm so fucking pissed because I'm like, this is the perfect place to get engaged and he's blowing it. Can I marry a person? Can I eventually say yes to a person that has missed this perfect opportunity? And then like the next thing I know, he's on one knee oh. at this perfect spot with the ring. And I'm like, we don't have time to get engaged. We're supposed to go meet these <laughs> this people and this people. And all of it was fake. He had let me make half a dozen plans with tons of people, which I had made to check whether we were getting engaged. And then he'd had to go back and email those people and be like, Unplanned. hi, you have to say yes to coffee with Jesse at four, but we won't be there because we're getting engaged. So so many people knew wow. that it was happening and that had been planned the whole time. He had had the ring for months. So what Robbie, did you do right totally after? Robbie is perfect for you. So then we walked down the High Line. We walked down the High Line to a little restaurant and both of our entire families were there. Oh, he had like, God. I know, I know. Wow. He had found a restaurant that was like not usually open at this hour. Wow. It was Fatty Crab. Do you guys remember for any New Yorkers among us? It was mm -hmm. Fatty Crab right off of... um you know, right at the base of the High Line, and then you walk around, it's in the far West Village, and, and all of our family was there. And I just couldn't, Holy I couldn't shit. believe it. I and got and he had hired, a, we have a dear friend who is a photographer, shout out to Jenny Anderson Photography, and he had hired her to be hiding in the bushes on the High Line to take photos. It was a Paparazzi. It was, wow. I mean, so this whole is, thing is documented. Yeah, he is a producer, oh, and- wow. And he did. He produced the hell he out of that sure proposal. Oh, and you know, I was going to say yes. I was prepared to say yes, but I felt so affirmed in my decision on that oh day. God. And also the ring, you know, also the ring was right. God, well done. <laughs> well done across yeah. the board. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it was very, both very of charming. these stories so much. I, yeah. it's cool opera. I mean, this is not a proposal story, but it is vaguely related so I don't know Bob Odenkirk at all. I, I know his wife Naomi a tiny bit. And like a long, long time ago, like his kids were very little. I babysat for them one time. Wasn't that ass back. You'll understand why. I was also like, I'd never babysat in my entire life. But I was so, I was just like, I needed money so badly. I'd say yes to anything. I get there. I've never met him before. And he was like, oh, hey, I was just reading my son a bedtime story. Um do you want to come in? And every fiber of my being is like, no, I don't want to come in your child's bedroom that I've never met before while you read a bed. But I was thinking like a babysitter would be comfortable Just doing say, yes, say yes, go for it. And so I like <laughs> go into the, this exactly. <laughs> it is all on theme. I say yes. And I go into this child's little bedroom and there's Bob sitting on the bed with him. And this kid's looking up like, who the fuck is this weird man in my doorway? And so I try to just like make myself small and sit on on this like like tiny like kids rocking chair and just sort of perch there and watch this person I met ten seconds earlier reach a bed. He's in the middle of a sentence reading the story. He looks up and goes, "Do you actually do you want to wait in the room?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm already out the door." Uninvited. I'm like bursting out the door, like, "Oh my god!" And then they come back. He comes in and is like. We're just going to get ready and like, I, I don't know what the deal was, but do you want to just wait in the the basement 
the TV room is down there and just like watch some TV and and hang out there. We'll let you know when you when you we need you or something. I was basically sent away and rightly so. And I go downstairs and I turn on the TV and I don't know how to use their TV. And I turn it on and I swear to God, it is a I wish I knew the episode, but it is a Samantha Jones sex scene. And I don't know how to turn change the channel, do anything. And I can feel someone over my shoulder and I turn and Naomi, his wife, is just standing there watching me watch like softcore porn on their TV show <laughs> while I'm supposed to be babysitting their kids. And she doesn't realize that like Bob had just sent me down there. Like she's thinking, well, you showed up and came down and just you like pop on sex this. in the city and my kids are barely in bed. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you turn this on. I'm, I jump up I'm like, hi, I can't be, I turn the TV off. Samantha's like fully naked, moaning, <laughs> orgasm. And, and I then go... <laughs> upstairs and you know they and they were like we're gonna just finish getting ready and then go but if you want to hang out and and anyway now the story's going nowhere but i'm waiting in this living room and i'm waiting for them to say goodbye and then like half an hour 20 minutes goes by and i haven't seen them and i'm like am i still waiting what's happening and then i just hear the uh, the phone rings i can't find the phone in the house and then i just hear their voices from from a speaker going, Matt, Matt, Matt. And I realized they have called, they have left without saying goodbye. They have now called their own landline to reach me because I didn't have a cell phone yet or they didn't have my cell phone number, I guess. And they're leaving a message on their own answering machine to get my attention. And and I'm now I'm just like, <laughs> like stumbling around this giant living room for, trying to follow the sound of their voices. And I'm I'm still confused. Like, are they in the house? Is this like a intercom system and are the children in bed are they, what's happening and i like finally find the phone and i i pick it up and it's this big like chunky cordless and they're going matt just pick up the phone matt just pick up matt hi and i'm push and i'm pushing talk on the phone i'm pushing talk i'm pushing it and i'm i'm trying to talk back to them i can't it's not working hi I'm, I'm here i can't they're thinking like did this weirdo who was watching porn in our basement just leave like what's happening and I finally, I'm like, I push, you have to, it's one of those phones, you have to push the button so hard, it almost hurts your finger. And I finally, it turns on. I go, oh, hi, I'm so sorry. I couldn't get the phone to turn on. And she goes, yeah, you just have to push talk. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue <laughs> with you, but like, I definitely tried to just push talk. Anyway, so they, it was, uh, in the end, I didn't even have to do any babysitting because the kids were in bed. And after that, I, I think I probably went, back downstairs and watch the rest of Sex and the City. <laughs> That's so right, good. Honey. Everything so, is on theme. babysitting job. <laughs> Everything is on theme. I would love if it was the airplane taking off sex scene between Samantha and Richard Wright. But oh, yeah. There are many to choose there from. There are so many to choose from. God bless her. <laughs> Jesse Rosen, Cool Up Flysack. What a perfect pre-Thanksgiving treat this was. I don't know, pre-New Year's treat by the time people hear this. Happy holidays to you both. Happy Thank holidays. And to here. you. Perfect way to chat. Thank you for the trip down memory lane. Everybody, obviously, you're already listening to, but if you're not, uh, subscribe to Add to Cart and make sure you pre-order The Heirloom coming May 2024, <laughs> written by Jesse Rosen. Is it available for pre-order yet? Oh, you bet it is. Everywhere. Oh, baby. Books okay. are sold. Great. Thank you both. Thank you so much. 
And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and just like Matt Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walinski. And our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder.